0: in the morning when you want the news you
1: need the front
0: page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters
2: and now
1: the news
2: Mike Krzyzewski will retire after the 2021-2022 season he's a five-time champion at Duke Adam, what are you going to remember Coach K for?
1: Ooh, so many fond things. Um, Largely making the lives of student reporters hell. Um, (laughs) That's a good one. I forgot about that. Having a unique way of complaining that somehow is worse than every other college basketball coach in press conferences. Um, And, you know, turning a little university that could into a basketball powerhouse. I mean, gosh. Duke with its total lack of resources and inability to you know fund anything how'd they do it
2: what do you think of John Shire taking over as the head coach
1: I don't know nearly enough about yeah, John like, Shire I. That, to have a strong yeah, opinion
2: right like he played at Duke obviously and he's been an assistant there I think it's since 2014 so he's been an assistant for a while but it's just I mean I know it's it's Coach K is Duke basketball, but its just, I don't know. It's just weird to me. That's like, yeah, we're going to hand this over to a guy who's been an assistant coach for seven years and that and just everything's going to be fine from there.
1: So is it really all that different than Hubert Davis, though? No, uh, it's kind of the same thing Carolina did.
2: Yeah, it is. And I don't know, maybe I think we saw a little bit more of that this offseason in college basketball. Obviously, UNLV did it, too. But where. We saw more assistants get promoted to a head coaching job rather than you know Duke or Carolina. Well, not that Coach K's not gone yet, but not that they you know could have chased like Chris Beard or something like Texas did. It's the I don't know. It seems like we got a little bit more of the promote the assistant coach. Which for Duke and North Carolina, you know, when you've had as much success as you've had, you're you're hoping that oh yes, Shire and Hubert Davis are just going to do the same thing for another three decades that Coach K and Roy Williams did. But I don't know. It's just a little strange that. Two of the best jobs in college basketball are essentially going to guys that have never really done the head coaching thing before. Let's fast forward, though, three years into the future. Would Brad Stevens leave his new front office job for the Celtics to coach Duke?
1: I'm going to stop your move into the future for just one moment. We'll come back to Brad Stevens at Duke. But when do you get your residuals from TJ Otzelberger for that comparison you just threw out there? Well, it's the same thing you and LV did going to Kevin Kruger from TJ Otzelberger. You just put that in the same breath with Roy Williams and Coach K.
2: Why? Why wouldn't I? They're the same, right? Hey, what I mean, listen, Duke and UNLV. Neither one made the NCAA tournament last year.
1: Fair, fair. Oh man, you just you just won yourself free dinner for life in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, Brad Stevens, the. Very experienced new head of personnel for the Boston Celtics. God, what is wrong with one of the most storied organizations in professional sports in which they decide, we don't want you as the coach anymore. It doesn't seem like you were relating all that well to our players. We have Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving blazing a path out of town. We want you in charge of all our personnel decisions.
2: He doesn't have to talk to the players anymore, right? He can treat them as numbers.
1: I... I don't get this at all. I like the arc of Brad Stevens career now makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like sure. Butler in the national championship game back to back years. Cool. Make it, make it work to go to the Celtics boy wonder of the Celtics. He's going to do everything. And then it all falls off a cliff and then he moves into the front office. I, I don't get, I've never seen, I have never seen a coach as young as Brad Stevens decide. I don't want anything to do with coaching anymore so i'm going to go into personnel i've never seen anything from the personnel side where they say brad stevens has never once once managed personnel at the professional level let's put him in charge of one of the very storied jobs in all of professional sports did sam presti take his phone off the hook after the season did did no one want to call oklahoma city and, and try and see if maybe sam presti didn't want to be there anymore it the whole thing makes no sense to me
3: did you never know someone just to like that that just failed upwards over
1: and over and over again oh no i work in media that never happens
3: (laughs) i love adam
2: (laughs) next question uh mark safely Uh, Hit Jake Evans last night in the head as Jake Evans scored an empty net goal to seal the Montreal Canadiens' win over Winnipeg. Uh, Jake Evans, late on the ice, had to be stretchered off. Shifley was given a game misconduct. He's got a hearing today with the NHL Department of Player Safety, but it's not in person, which means it's a maximum of five games. Uh, I mean, it feels like five games if that's what he gets it almost feels like that's not enough
1: did he pull any of his hair out (laughs) he did not okay one game one game yeah i mean because this has to be less than the penalty for arresting ryan graves and then yanking his hair out of his head so uh, it's kind of like how Roger Goodell set the bar for everything with Ray Rice knocking out his girlfriend and that being worth two games, like everything else has to be less than that now.
2: Everything else. Um, I saw what's possibly the worst take in the history of sports from Mike Commodore, who said that uh, the right play from Jake Evans was to skate to the corner and kill time rather than score the empty net goal that sealed the win.
1: They had almost blown a two-goal lead. There was a full minute left in that game. Skate to the corner, kill the time. Oh, my God. When, when did baseball's unwritten rules make it to <laughs> hockey? Good God. Just score the damn goal and don't expect that a guy is going to take a cheap shot run at you. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit.
2: <laughs> All right. The Astros beat the Red Sox yesterday 2-1. to one. If I remember correctly, Adam... Before the season started, you were on this show telling me that you had bet on Framber Valdez to win the AL Cy Young.
1: I am still holding, you can't rip up a digital ticket, so it's not like I would have lost it. Uh I a 100 to 1 ticket on Framber Valdez to win the AL Cy Young.
2: Last night, 7 innings, 5 hits, 3 of those were infield singles, one earned run, 10 strikeouts. Two starts since Framber Valdez came back from injury. He has thrown eleven innings, given up seven hits, struck out fourteen, and only allowed two earned runs. So he got a late start. How are you feeling about that ticket?
1: Um Is Framber Valdez going to execute some sort of Tanya Harding on Nancy Kerrigan <laughs> on Garrett Cole? Because otherwise, I'm not feeling as good. Uh but if Garrett Cole, you know, Turns an ankle and is out for a month. I, I'm I'm back on my Framber train for hundred to one.
2: Your mic's not on.
3: Thank you, Tyler. Uh, can we get an update on all your bets? Like, how how are you doing on all 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 your bets right now? On
1: all of my bets, you only tell oh, us about
3: on. the
2: ones you end up losing. <laughs> yeah, like like like. Do you? You're the opposite. Do of you ever win? Mother.
1: Winning bets are no fun to talk about. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, Stu Finer coming on here and screaming about winners. Like it's not going to happen. So, I'm, did did I go three and one last night? Yes, I went three and one last night. But no one wants to hear about that. They want to hear about the hilarity of the things that I've done wrong.
2: What was the one then?
1: <laughs> there you go. That's the way I like uh, for you to look at this. Ah, uh, as soon as the Embiid news came out, I took the Wizards plus six. And uh yeah, that that was that was pretty no bueno after the first half. Um Grizzlies Jazz over in the first half, John Morant over 25 and twenty five and a half, Christophs Porzingis under six and a half rebounds. I have bet Christaps Porzingis under on rebounds every <laughs> game in this series, and won every game in this series because they have taken their seven three unicorn and stuck him in the corner on offense every single play. Like, get out of Luca's way! All right. Because we're going
2: to make fun of you in about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. So I'll I'll give you this. Um, What do you think about Chris Stapps Porzingis' role as a Knicks fan with the Dallas Mavericks?
1: It kind of makes me feel like if you signed him to do that, just give him back. (laughs) Give him back to us. Undo the trade and give him back to us. Let him use let us use him the way that a unicorn deserves to be used as opposed to as a Trevor Ariza floor spacer for Luca. What do you think?
2: All right. Churchill downs has suspended Bob Baffert for two years. This came after Medina spirits. Second uh, test came back positive. Uh, Not that there was much doubt that it was going to come back positive, Uh, but I don't. I don't have. I don't pay enough attention to horse racing to know if this is like normal or not. But I feel like this is pretty justified, given that Bob Baffert has like thirty something horses that have tested positive in his career.
1: Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Letting off the horse easy. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Why is the horse the one who actually did the doping? get off here instead they take the person in charge of the whole operation and they punish him instead it's like horse racing is the houston astros ah,
2: i like medina spirit now what a great horse might be my favorite horse ever he's a superstar i think it's a good example the astros players didn't do anything how could you punish them
1: no they they did they did what was wrong was all um, alex and you just punish the leader
2: it was all alex cora and aj hench it's their fault
1: uh, don't, uh, well, letting Carlos Beltran off easy. Can't oh, you.
2: I did forget. Well, he's a his player at the time, kind of. Listen, Beltran's the only one that didn't get a job in managing again.
1: And that was the Mets. That's <laughs> yeah, what makes it worse. Like, because the Mets looked at a situation and said, "This hot candidate, we can't have. He's too hot. He's stolen goods. He was basically fenced to us from the Houston Astros."
2: <laughs> like, I think, can you make the argument? AJ Hinch's punishment is that he has to manage the Tigers.
1: No, because that team's gonna end up good. That's the worst part of this Is whole it? thing. Like you can see the signs of life. With, well, you want you wanna join the club? I'm happy to join your club of teams that the Detroit Tigers have swept this year. Listen. Because that's what they did to the Yankees over the weekend.
2: Listen. It's a great club. You have to get swept by the Tigers to go to the ALCS. It's the only way it can happen.
1: Well, here we go. Get get ready for it. I'm I am prepared for the two of us having robust arguments for another October. We're
2: gonna we're gonna kick Ed off the show if the Yankees and Astros are in the ALCS again.
1: Oh, it's but yeah. Just just tell Ed that the Marriotts are running a double point <laughs> sale, and you can get him out of town for a week. Next question. And
2: some sad news: Dottie, one of Lights FC's llamas, has passed away due to stomach complications. Her stepsister, Dolly, is still going to appear at Lights FC games this year. But it is, I mean, listen, I I can sometimes be sad because Lights FC have never fielded a competent team, but this is like genuinely sad. Like the llamas were one of the coolest things Lights FC has ever done, and we lost Dottie.
1: I feel a special connection to this because I have an aunt who lives outside New York City who used to have two llamas that lived on her property, uh, Toulouse and Picasso, and um they, they 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 were sort of uh you know prickly animals but they were they were our prickly animals and, and i understand how you're feeling about dolly and Dottie, like hey we don't have much but we got the llamas it was
2: great you could feed them outside i do have questions about this this ant you said that lived on her property that kind of implies that they were just sort of wild llamas that kept coming back because you fed them
1: no, no, no. In fact, she no, she bought them okay. uh, as pets. They lived in an enclosure, but here's the worst part. Um, they did more than once break out of the enclosure and were just running down the road, like stopping traffic <laughs> in her neighborhood. And it's like, there's no question as to who you call. You're like, you don't call animal control. You're not like, wait a minute, whose llamas are those? You're like, no, th- those are Andrea Candy's llamas. Like, absolutely. We know exactly where they belong. And they ended up at one point having to form a human chain and walk the llamas back <laughs> to their house because that was the only way they knew to stop the two llamas, like they would turn away from a wall of people.
2: How, how, how many humans were in this chain?
1: I, I have to ask, I don't know. Uh, Boughton Road is not that wide, so you probably could have done it with 10 or so, but Toulouse <laughs> and Picasso 10. definitely needed to be herded back into their home. I, uh, by the way, have we have we asked what, what stomach complications are? Because I would hate to, like, I would hate for my obit to say I died of stomach complications.
3: See, my first question was what does stepsister mean? Like, doesn't that imply there's a family structure that someone got married to somebody else and, like, brought? Listen,
2: I don't know how breeding llamas work, but when you breed dogs. It's not like they're married for life it's not like it's it's you only mate with one dog when you breed dogs you mate different dogs all the time so you have step siblings all the time why, why do I have this
1: feeling family? I have this feeling like like there was there was the llama pairing that created you know one of the two and then somehow like chalice became the adopted stepfather of the other
2: oh, chalice is he still alive <laughs> <Chalice> <laughs> not based is on dumb- the evidence
1: we saw while he was here. <laughs>
2: He was in the hospitals, like, with a serious issue last year, two years ago. We'll look that up.
1: So the stomach complications run in the family. It does. Coming up
2: next, the New York Knicks. Their season is over. Feeling good after we won the series regardless. But, I mean, winning here
3: uh, with all the fans still chanting the same stuff and really doing the same
2: stuff, I mean, it feels good too. Adam Candy is in for Ed Graney and there couldn't have been a better day on the calendar to have Adam Candy filling in than the day after the New York Knicks season ended. They were eliminated in five games by the Hawks. Are you still happy they made the playoffs, Adam?
1: Absolutely. The the idea that the New York Knicks ended up with the four seed in the playoffs this year was, you know, well beyond any expectations that I would reasonably allow myself to have. And that's the key here there's no way I would let myself have that expectation of the Knicks after this many years. So they blew well past it. So let me ask you this to look ahead a little bit. What's your
2: expectations for next season? Like how confident are you that the New York Knicks are the fourth, fifth, sixth, or wherever you think they are, best team in the East next year?
1: Uh, Knicks are probably a play-in team next year, realistically. Um, I I think they're a team that is a lock to finish somewhere between, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine. Um, I don't see where it gets much above that. I don't see where teams don't adjust to the style that the Knicks played last year, even though it was a style that doesn't really exist elsewhere in 2021 NBA. Uh, look, Julius Randle's going to be in a contract year more than likely. And so I think you'll get the same performance regular season wise, not playoff wise, uh, that you got <laughs> out of Randle. I mean, is there another step forward for R.J. Barrett? Because the step from year one to year two was pretty enormous Uh, he became a much much better player in year two Emmanuel quickly can become a better player but you know uh, unless they get another infusion of talent on the wing unless you know unless they can count on Mitchell Robinson coming back and being you know fully healthy Mitchell Robinson after a year completely lost to injuries then you know then then I think you're looking at a team that's probably in the play-in
2: um who's the third best player on this team
1: in terms of how they play right now, or in terms of where the ceiling is,
2: uh, next year who do you think is the third best player? So combination yeah, of both.
1: Yeah, uh, no. I mean, next year the third best player on the team is Mitchell Robinson. Okay. Uh, the fourth best player on the team is Emmanuel Quickly.
2: Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, I like Derrick Rose better, don't you?
1: I I do. I just I you know look. <laughs> I'm totally willing. Like, if the yogurt in the fridge is a week past the expiration date, I'm willing to roll those dice. You know, it's, it's basically just a, a culture anyway of bacteria that might or might not help or hurt me. But, you know, if that's a year past the expiration date, that's basically relying on Derrick Rose next year.
2: <laughs> okay. I do have an important question for you that's not related to the actual Knicks on the floor. TNT last night, they come back from commercial break and they start showing the famous fans that are sitting courtside. Obviously, Spike Lee gets shown there because he's only a Knicks fan now. But they also showed in this same return from commercial Chris Tucker and Daryl Strawberry. And my question is, have the Knicks not gained a single new fan in two decades?
1: Is there anything the Knicks have done in two decades that would gain them a new fan other than Linsanity? Because Carmelo Anthony made sure to end that after about three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the one fun thing that new Knicks fans could have had to themselves. But no, I I don't know that they have made a lot of new fans. And look, even when they try to bring back a piece of history, like having Charles Oakley in the building, then Jim Dolan just throws him out.
2: Um, How do you feel about Skipley or Spike Lee, Skipley?
1: Jesus, how do you feel about Spike Lee? (laughs) How do I feel about Skip Lee? I'll have to meet him first. <laughs> okay. But uh, like,
2: as a Knicks fan, Spike Lee, what for the last decade? I mean, hell, he probably still is. Like, the most famous thing you associate with the Knicks is Spike Lee. Like, do you like Spike Lee?
1: I like what Spike Lee represents to all New York Knicks fans, which is no matter how bad it's gotten, no matter how much Jim Dolan has tried to drive us away, no matter how many Michael Sweetneys there have been, we stick with it. We stick with this team. They're terrible for the most part. They are not a team that you look at as having a chance to win every year. Although, hey, maybe Tom Thibodeau is going to give us a reason to believe year after year that they can at least be a competitive playoff team. <laughs> oh, calm down. But Spike right. Lee, calm down. Spike Lee has been there through yeah. the thick and thin like the rest of us have. Didn't he leave early last night? All right. You got me there. That was good. That was good. With, like, three like minutes
2: that. to go, he walked off. Like, come on, Spike Lee. Where was where was he going? Where did Spike Lee have to be? After years of service to the Knicks, they're finally back in the playoffs, and he left before the final game was over?
1: Come on. Maybe that's, like, Spike Lee's little FU back to Dolan after they tried to make him go in a certain entrance uh, this past year, and he was like, wait a second, I'm Spike Lee. I can basically sleep in this building if I want to. So...
2: You would be happier if Spike Lee was the owner instead of Dolan.
1: I would be happier if Jared owned the Knicks.
3: <laughs> we would be spending a lot of money on free agency.
1: Oh, so it would be like the Isaiah Thomas years. All right. All right. At least I have a comp. Um, look.
3: I mean, you, yes, you really, I would okay. also probably get accused of something.
1: Wow. Uh, these these few minutes that we have left, um, you know, be, before before our next guest comes on, um, are, are these minutes you want me you want me to yell about Jim Dolan? Is that what no. you're going for I, here? No,
2: no, I'm just throwing anything Knicks related against the wall to see what happens. You can you don't have to if you want to go for it. You're not gonna, <laughs> oh, not gonna wow. stop you. You have the floor.
1: Yeah, apparently so. Uh, yeah. Uh, James Dolan is the worst owner in professional sports and he has now at least been able to show that imprint beyond just the Knicks in terms of how he's handled the Rangers as well. Uh, He's much more interested in paying off people to listen to his terrible band than he is in doing anything good for the New York Knicks franchise. He has saddled us with both Isaiah Thomas and Phil Jackson, and not the version that you would actually have wanted to have. Um, <laughs> the Skyping he's... in Phil Jackson? <laughs> yeah, the Skyping in Phil Jackson. The Montana Phil Jackson, not the Bulls Phil Jackson. Uh I'm not saying the other teams don't have owners that make them cringe from time to time. I'm very glad I'm not a Washington football team fan, and I don't have to think about Daniel Snyder any more than any other person does. Um, but if you're a Golden Knights fan and you have Bill Foley out here trying to spend as much money as is humanly possible on anything that he can and seemingly largely staying out of the way of his hockey operations people be grateful it doesn't exist everywhere some of us have Jim Dolan and uh big time air quotes the Mecca where everyone wants to come play (laughs) except no one wants to come play there
2: well they do just for other teams and beat the Knicks that's what people want to do they don't want to play for the Knicks they want to beat the Knicks at the Mecca um last thing to throw against the wall Knicks related for you I think the Knicks had the worst alternate jerseys in basketball this year. The black ones that said the city that never sleeps on them in a circle. Uh, Why did they wear them so much in the playoffs?
1: I mean, why is Brooklyn wearing those weird BKLN uh, YN jerseys? Like, just go back to the classics. Come on. Give me some Jason Kidd, Drazen Petrovic era, uh, you know, gradients and tie-dye for the Nets. And if you're the Knicks and you've got this classic white uniform, one of the most recognizable brands in sports, why are you wearing this thing that nobody will want to buy other than at a 50% off sale to Models?
3: Honestly, I think that Jim Dolan has a warehouse full of those jerseys. And he's like, well, maybe if we give him enough exposure.
1: No, I think the idea, no, I mean, look, the idea is if you buy, if you come to a JD in the Straight Shot show and you buy the CD, you get one of those jerseys for free.
2: <laughs> All right, coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show.
1: Moose, you just keep on moosing. This doesn't concern you.
2: Maroon
0: is not just a color. This is the VGK update with Darren Nosey Millard. Good morning, Darren. Jared is no fun in the morning when he calls. I try and goop around with him, and he never wants to have fun. He's all business.
2: Every morning or just today?
0: Every morning.
2: Yeah, That's Jared, all business he's for crusty. you. He's yeah, crusty. He's all business all the time. Um, all right, Darren. Are the Colorado Avalanche a bunch of frauds that can only win games because they embellish?
0: Uh, no, but it helps. Like uh, I would do it.
2: So why don't the Golden Knights?
0: Um, maybe they're not being uh, put in the position to embellish enough. Uh, maybe they're too honest. Um, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's to the state that uh, that Pete uh, insinuated, but um, he certainly watched enough uh, of it from a closer uh, angle than, than I have. And uh, his frustration was uh, palpable, but uh, I, I think there's a fine line between, and that's why they have the the uh, embellishment rule, and the uh, and you get fined uh, for for doing it uh, in place. But if if you can draw a penalty or uh, put yourself in a better position, um, I, I don't I, I don't mind doing it uh I just don't like the ones that do it all the time and uh and tend to uh put on a bit of a show while doing it. So that's sort of both sides of the fence. Uh and I'm admitting that uh that that I'm not uh, uh against breaking the rules but uh but that's how I would I would approach it.
1: The Golden Knights came out and played obviously I mean, it doesn't take much to say a far better game than in game 1 um what was the difference last night in the way that the team came out in game two versus in game one?
0: Well, I, I think just uh, recovery time, Adam. Uh, just being able to, you, you could see it in, in the game. They were able to get to places on their forecheck that they weren't able to get to in game number one. And I, and I think that was the biggest difference, uh, was, was the forecheck in disrupting the Colorado avalanche in their ability to exit the zone and make plays and have time to make plays uh and and uh checking can be uh in the uh Colorado defensive zone where where they're trying to disrupt the breakout and then you've got the checking in zone where you're able to uh, to pressure the avalanche and not allow them to have the extra time to to make those seam plays that we saw over and over again in game number 1 so uh recovery and being able to have that extra step and uh and being able to execute on that uh, they they didn't forget how to play hockey in game number 1 their bodies may have been a little bit behind uh, because of uh, the travel, and that, that sounds like uh, uh, an excuse, but it's the reality. Anybody that's been through uh, a long road trip, drive across uh, the country, whatever, you're, you're going to be sluggish. And, and athletes, uh, even though they're, they're allowed state-of-the-art uh, uh, technology, uh, are, are no different to when you compare them to uh, a fresh battery uh, in the Colorado Avalanche. So I just think they were able to pressure the Avalanche and put uh, – Put more urgency into uh, disrupting uh, the Avalanche game plan uh, than than they were in game number one, and the translation of that, or the uh, the next step to that, was they automatically got the puck back more and were able to do more with it, and they 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 had opportunities
2: to do more with it. So you walk away from game two, mm-hmm. encouraged because they played with Colorado, they outplayed oh, yeah. Colorado from that game, or discouraged because. They played with Colorado. They outplayed Colorado, and they're still down two nothing in the series.
0: Uh, encouraged, uh, totally encouraged. And and I'll go on uh, record. And this is uh, this is one of the rare opportunities that I can do this uh, on on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, I said that I, I, this has all the feelings of a two two one one go to Game Seven series where you're going to hold serve uh, on home ice. It just had that feel, and to be able to do what they did uh last night like the, the outlier of this game isn't of this series uh isn't last night the outlier is game number one and it sucks that you had to kind of you kind of threw one away uh but that's the uh, physiology of, uh, of of the series because of, of the quick turnaround uh last night was a uh, was an incredible uh impressive performance and a bounce back game especially getting through that first period, which. Uh, uh, With the penalties, uh, it, it could have been over. Mark Andre Fleury was spectacular, and then Philip Grubauer—that uh, was impressive. Like, did you guys not walk away from that game disappointed in the result, but just go, "What a hell of a hockey game! That was just an incredible." Uh, if, if you want to, if you want to sell our game, you show that. Like that was uh, a game in which you had first against second uh, in the National Hockey League, and so much fun uh, to watch. Disappointed, didn't win. But, uh, but so much fun to watch and encouraged uh, by the way uh, the, the Golden Knights uh, played. Uh, and, and if they can, I know they, there's always that. If we can play like this, well, we've seen them play the, the, the last game of the regular season. They played with uh, 15 skaters, and they played like that, and they dominated. The weird part is uh, you go back to that game, you go back to game four against Minnesota and, and last night, they, the games that they carry the play, they've been on the wrong end of things, and, and I don't have an answer to that other than they ran into in two of those games. Philip
1: Gubarev, Darren, for for those who maybe haven't watched as much playoff hockey, uh, you, you see what happened in Game One. You see how chippy it was, and and how much had happened in the third period, and then you see last night where. Yeah, most of it was gone, right? It was back to being uh, largely a skill game. How do teams kind of get a hold of things after a game like game one and say, okay, you know what? Hey, we got to leave that behind and we have to actually get back to playing a game that looks more like what we're used to doing as opposed to this, you know, baiting and, and you know, uh, more physical third period.
0: Well, the, the the game number one physicality was all because of the score. And uh, and even if, uh, even with the Graves hit on Yanmark. If it was a close game, you wouldn't have had, had those things happen uh, because you wouldn't have been able to chance uh, a penalty out of a scrum uh, by that. So uh, that was all score dictated on the heels of the hit. Uh, game number two uh, was, was back to business. And, and Adam, I, I think it's one of the great undersells that we do in our business or, or people don't realize is – Skill and, and God-given talent and training, uh, it all goes into making these uh, people elite athletes. But one part that, that we, we fail or have never been able to correctly conceptualize or categorize is the ability to rinse results and come back fresh. And I don't know how they do it because I carry things around with me like uh, like uh, or like a camel with uh, just packs on on both sides of me. Uh, I have all kinds of baggage, uh, emotionally, physically, everything uh, around my life. And and uh, and the athletes are able to just put it aside and come back with a fresh start. And and I I do believe that there's a part of of these people being at the top of their game uh, that that, uh, that that is a major part of being able to, uh, if they get sent down to the minors, they're able to rinse it. If they're, uh, have a bad game, they're able to rinse it. If the coach yells at them, they're able to rinse it. If they have a, uh, a trouncing, like they did in game one, they're able to rinse it. And I think it goes a long way to making uh, a great athlete, uh, a, 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 an incredible athlete.
1: So, so then Darren, how long will you be carrying around in your camel packs, your disdain for the way Jared treats you in the morning?
0: Uh, well Jared and I have a uh, 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 interesting relationship we get along great on nighttime at noon we get along great uh, when he fills in on the VgK insider show but but I'm starting to really develop some scar tissue with the uh, with the interactions in the morning when yeah. he calls because I have fun I joke around and he's like okay we're up in 10 all right it's always 830 in
2: Goodbye. the morning it's always 8:30 in the morning that's your problem Darren
0: yeah. Like I'm the one waking up. He's already been up for four <laughs> hours. He should be in a good mood. I should be the one that's bitchy and and crusty. The show. He should be in the good mood, the and show. he's not.
2: He's not up for four hours. The show starts at seven. He woke up at six fifty.
0: Six fifty-five. From what I know, my power went out. Uh, uh, this is uh, a great one from a buddy of mine, and this is for uh, my good friend Tyler. Uh, hi, Tyler. I'm excited. Uh,
2: Hold on! I'm very excited for a stat that you saw that you think is just for no, me. I'm excited. I,
0: I got. Uh, I did. The, I do this uh, trip podcast with the NHL, and I had uh, Mike Kelly on. He's uh, an analytics uh, specialist. Yes, I like uh, A couple Kelly. of weeks ago, and and he taught me so. And I, and I'm not kidding here. In all seriousness, he taught me so much about uh, the analytics part of the game, and I try and understand it. And but I'm just I'm. I'm not there yet where I can grasp everything, and I hate heat maps. They're they're, they're they're the the, best. They're the best. They're they're, they're the stupidest things in the world. (laughs) So if you're going to try and sell me on heat maps, uh, you've immediately lost me. But this is is from my buddy, Mike Kelly, uh, who talked about uh, the Stevenson line versus the McKinnon line last night. And uh, total ice time, head-to-head, was, and I'm reading this on, on the screen, so I can't hear you right now, 826. Of ice time, head to head between those two lines, shots on goal nine nothing in favor of the Stevenson Stone ready line. Slot shots six nothing VGK and rush chances three nothing VGK. No goals were zero zero, but the the turnaround between game one and game two are all in those analytics between the top two lines and the the VGK top line was far superior last night
2: God, I'm so proud of you
0: yeah and and I wanted to to sort of bridge that gap because I think people misunderstand that uh, that, that you and I have this uh, this this thing I and I want people to understand that I'm making an effort like we're in counseling right now and you're just sitting there cross-armed <laughs> looking away and I'm the one making an effort saying we can make this work
3: so you might say that based on the analytics the golden Knights had the momentum oh
0: geez they did. They definitely, they. That, that was a strange game, though, with penalties. And I know you're making an egg-grainy joke, and I do believe in momentum. Uh, they created some momentum off the penalty kill in, in that first period. That's a stretch. But they definitely took the, the game over in, in, in the second period. I, I, I think both teams can feel good uh, about both themselves, even momentum. though it's a 2 nothing game series.
1: So, Darren, I just want to—I want to get something something clear here, just to, sort of enumerated for the audience. So, you and Tyler are in counseling. Uh, Jared is being a, a little too crusty with you. Yeah. Is it pretty much that that you and I have the only decent relationship here?
0: Yeah, and uh, it seems to be whoever sits in that chair, because Ed and I get along great. Yeah, uh, and and you and I the last couple of weeks we've got along great. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it is uh, I, I, with I, I, with, I, I, with those other two, but I don't I can know. It's it, it, yeah. I think, I, I think it's
1: mostly that you and I have you and I have been watching hockey since both these guys were uh, you know not born yet.
0: Yeah, and and they're trying to pretend that they are experts and uh, and Johnny come lately know it all, and mm. and we're just mm. leaning on our experience.
1: Yeah, the, yeah.
0: Uh, Do you want to go for lunch today? The only uh, issue, absolutely
2: the only issue yeah. I have with any of this is I would never you know, agree to go to counseling with you.
0: Really, you wouldn't want to try and make it work.
2: No.
1: Why would I want to make it work? Tyler has no emotions. You know this. <laughs> a,
2: it works perfectly droid. fine for me. People being mad at me is what I want. That's it. I wouldn't go to counseling and try to fix that. I'd go to counseling if we were too friends, too too friendly with each other.
0: The the only difference between you and C three PO is you have a smoother speech pattern. You're a droid <laughs> as well.
2: I can accept <laughs> that. I am a little bit of a coward too.
0: <laughs> you both speak as many languages, and you're you're both uh, smart and blah 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 blah. Same oh, body
1: style. No, yeah. No, yeah.
0: yeah. same body. Very, very same build uh, in the upper body.
2: I appreciate mm. you calling me smart. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Get out of here. Are you guys
0: not excited about tomorrow night? Like, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, second to last game of the season. Yeah, not that Oh, geez. Stop. Okay, okay.
0: If, it, if it's not, if they're still playing next week when I'm on, you owe me
2: something. Owe oh, you something? Counseling. He's, He's got to go with you. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. All right. So if there are any marriage counselors uh, listening, please yeah. call in and uh, you go ahead and uh, perform your
2: services for Tyler and Milzy. I have not agreed Thank to anything. This is nope, not happening.
0: See, the first step to making this work, Tyler,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is agreeing to try. I
2: don't want yep. it to work. You have to try. Care. I don't want it to work. <laughs> You're under the impression Adam- I want it to work.
0: Adam, uh,
1: I'll call mm. you, buddy. Uh,
2: let's, let's go hit balls and uh, go for lunch. Sounds good, bud. See you, Darren. Okay. See you, boys. All right. Coming up next.
1: Oh, our Sharp keeps
2: winning. Kind of because we keep giving him like minus 850 on the money line. But that's okay. Our Sharp is going for five in a row. It's time
0: to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, We're smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
2: All right, Joshua is back. He's gotten four in a row. Joshua, where would you four like to go today?
0: Row. All right, today we're going to go to New York. We're going to go to the Bronx, and we're going to take the strikes, the New York Yankees. We're going to take a money line.
2: All I think right. they're
0: minus 213 right now.
2: All right. So the Yankees are hosting the Rays. I think Garrett Cole is pitching today, which is why they're such big favorites. All right. Garrett Cole is pitching. All right. So yes, important thing, Joshua, if you win this one, we'll call you again tomorrow and we will reveal what Jersey you could win. If you get to nine in a row. So if you win today, we will reveal the mystery Jersey that we've been hanging over your head for the last four days about what Jersey this could be. So, if we're talking to you tomorrow, you'll find out what that jersey is. If not, somebody new will be around to try to get to five in a row to find out what the jersey is then. So good luck, Joshua. Hope we're talking to you again
1: tomorrow. All right, let's go pinstripes. Later, guys. <laughs> you got it. Let's go, Yanks. Oh, God.
2: You're, uh, Adam, have you ever listened to this segment when somebody picks the Dodgers and Eds around? Thankfully, no. He is He is mad no matter what. If they pick the Dodgers or if they pick against the Dodgers, he's mad both ways.
1: I have never seen someone with the sense of impending doom on the brightest of days <laughs> yes. around their team yeah. like Ed Graney.
2: Yes, he's <laughs> like, I know they didn't win a World Series until last year, but they've been the best team in the sport for half a decade. And he is angry when they like give up a run in the second inning in a game in May.
1: They won the World Series, then went out and signed the best pitcher. <laughs> They've had massive injuries and are still the best team in baseball. Like if you want to pull this crap back, you know, in the 2000s when they had the rookie of the year every year and never went anywhere cool, but like now, it's it, you know, we all evolve, we all grow. It's time to become a happy Dodgers fan.
3: The best part is him yelling about Kenley Jansen who I'm like Hasn't he been, like, the most consistent yeah. closer in the last decade? Pretty much.
2: He's he's had, like, a handful of, like, blown saves in the playoffs, which has scarred all Dodger fans. But he's still been, like like you said, well, over the last four or five years, he's been unbelievably good.
1: What the blown saves in the playoffs are because they've had no other relievers and the guys had to pitch three innings every game. <laughs> like, eventually his arm's going to fall off. Like you can't just go out and sign Joe Kelly every year and think that it's gonna be okay. Like other teams seem to develop a second reliever and the Dodgers think that Clayton Kershaw's the answer in the playoffs.
3: What, what, what is it? Rich Hill? Was that the other guy that they would sign?
2: Listen, Rich Hill might be like a top five pitcher in baseball. Every time he pitches, it's like seven innings, two hits, zero runs. And then the he m- gets a blister
1: the the pitcher of the month in the American League yeah. in May.
2: He's like every time I see Rich Hill pitching it's like, oh yeah, you're not winning that game. You're not getting a hit off of him. Um okay. Very important story to get here to. AJ Dillon, who is the number 2 running back now with the Green Bay Packers. He talked to the media yesterday. And if you know anything about AJ Dillon, he's a very big man. Not a uh, BoBon tall type, but uh very wide, very wide legs. And A.J. Dillon says that both of his quads have nicknames. Quadzilla and the Quadfather. And I am just disappointed that A.J. Dillon is not the starting running back for the Packers so that we could see Quadzilla and Quadfather much more often.
1: So here's where he misses out. And I I love where he's going with this. It's a great idea. But the quad is, by definition, four muscles, right? So, why does he not have eight names for them? He could have four times two. Quadzilla and Quadfather is just the beginning. Tyler, what would you give him for the other six names?
2: I didn't think I had to come up with... Quadratic equation? uh, That's a little long.
1: I mean, I'm sorry, you think that there's a limit on this? The man's giving his quads nicknames. There are no rules.
2: That's true. That's true. Do you want to buy a quad father shirt? Because he has quad father shirts.
1: Quadly Jansen? <laughs> <laughs> <That time. laughs> <That time. laughs> so, Quadzilla and the quad father. Well, um, ma- maybe,
3: maybe. Is,
2: is Quadly Jansen the muscle that, like, he tears or something and
1: forces him to miss the end of the season? No, it's the one that he goes over the goal line with. It's a closer. Um, so. What uh, um, Quadro would be kind of like Mothra, but I'm not sure it plays out the way I wanted to there. Just just
2: um, I, just Quadro Martinez,
1: Quadro Quadnos like Thanos.
3: I See, I just want the quad Father to be like, oh yeah, you know, you got Michael, you got Sonny, you got like, like he's just breaking it down into individual characters. Oh, okay, we
1: could do that. Yeah, we, we, we could do that. And then, and then you know, so the quad that came from quad Father is all, you know, names from the movies. I get that. I like that. Yeah. But, me- but The problem is, but here's the problem. He's going to name one of those quads, like he's going to name it Fredo and that's oh, the one that's yeah, going to no, blow no, out you, on him.
3: Yeah, 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 no, don't do that.
2: Let me give right? you, you can't do that. Let me give you one really quick hot take on the Packers. They screwed up their running back position worse than their relationship with Aaron Rodgers because they used a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon, and they had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Their contracts were up. They were going to turn it over to A.J. Dillon, maybe not use a second-round pick on him, but a very good use of, hey, we're not going to pay a running back a lot, and then for some reason they re-signed Aaron Jones to
1: $13 million guaranteed. I don't know what well, they're doing. That's what's going to make Aaron Rodgers happy. He wants more running backs.
2: This take brought to you by somebody that owns A.J. Dillon in a keeper fantasy football league.